Hey, uh, mitts and chicks. He scores! Sider wins it for Detroit! Mo Sider with his first National Hockey League goal! It's too good to be true, but believe it! Oh, hell, hell! His first career National Hockey League goal on the biggest of stages! Uh, thanks for the support. Appreciate uh, you guys supporting me and uh, the Sharks. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Mitts and Chicks. Um, you're getting two intros this episode, actually, because we have a really awesome interview coming up um, real soon. And I fully introduced the episode in that interview. So congratulations. You get to hear me welcome you back again. But... This is the actual beginning of the episode because before we get to that interview, we have to talk about the NHL awards. We have to talk about it because all we do is win. All we do is win. You know the TikTok sound that's like people ask me what I would do if or what it what what is it the Kanye sound? Someone please help me out here. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I wish I knew. They would. They asked me what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's should we I make feel. that TikTok? Yes, we should. TikTok coming soon. Um, Calder Trophy winner Marit Sider. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? The sun shining, and so is Marit, bro. I'm so happy for him. I love him. He deserves it. And we all knew he was going to win it. And I don't even say that in like a cocky way. Like we all knew he got 170 first place votes out of 195 possible, I think. Something along those lines. That's my freaking boy right there. That's a flex. And he showed up in his little bow tie and he got up on stage and he told everyone that his parents don't love him. And that's not what he said. That's not what he said. His parents were on vacation and he said, um, he was like, um, he thanked his brother and his girlfriend um, because he's adorable. Um, and then he was like, my parents couldn't make it. They're on, va- <laughs> they just got back from Croatia. They thought that going on vacation was more important. He's so charismatic and cute and funny. And then backstage, they asked him, you know, what does this award mean? You blah, 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 blah. And he did his whole spiel about like the city of Detroit and like, whatever. Very cute. Very sweet. And then she was like, and we have to ask, like, how did you decide who styled your hair for today? And he was like, my girlfriend, she, I meant to, I was going to tie it up, but she told me that I had to like, let it flow. And I think all the credit goes to her. And she's really wholesome. So wholesome wait his parents being gone it gives me like similar energy to when kaprizov won the calder and he was like fishing in russia That's, like as he do you remember this or was that one or was that one like 
he ghosted them because he didn't want to sign a new contract. I can't remember I, which situation was which because there was a lot of drama. But I just I just remember like him being on a fishing trip somewhere. My um, favorite thing about Cider's Calder win is um, Steve Eiserman, as a surprise, flew down to Tampa with Dylan Larkin and Red Wings owner Chris Illich. And they surprised him there. Um, and Larkin sat at the table with cider. So essentially his parents were there. It was adorable. And then the, they did like the little congratulations video where, um, all of the players, not all the players, like a handful of players gave him a little congrats, you know, kicked it off strong with Lucas Raymond at like a God awful angle telling him congrats. Then Joe Valeno talked for a full minute. It's a two minute, 44 second video. Joe Valeno spoke just wax poetic for an entire minute. Like, I actually think they're in love. It's kind of scary. And then out of nowhere, bam, Sergei Fedorov in his little Russian accent, like, congratulations on, on award, whatever, whatever he said. It was the best thing I've seen in my entire life. Then they cut away from Sergei Fedorov. Hashik is here now. And he has an even thicker accent and he's congratulating Cider. And then Dylan Larkin finishes the video off by saying, I love you with his entire chest. It wasn't even like, love you, man, or like, love you, so proud of you. He really went, I love you and I'll see you soon or something like that. Everything about Marit Cider winning the Calder Trophy means the entire world to me. Red so, Wings propaganda in the best yeah. way. As I should, as I should, because it's our first Calder Trophy since the 60s, because the last, I think, five Red Wings who were nominated ended up as runners-up, and that includes Pavel Datsuk, Sergei Fedorov, Nicholas Lidstrom, Steve Eiserman. All of them were runners-up to win the Calder, and we finally took it home. Finally. Anyway, I've had my little spiel. Callie, the floor is yours. Okay, let me walk you through like minute by minute as I'm watching the <laughs> NHL awards. So I am sitting here like watching it with my mom and she's like, oh, do you, who do you think is going to win? I'm like, oh, it's definitely going to be OC because uh, the voters make the Norris an award based on points, not an actual defensive play. So now I've been like fully prepared that it's going to be Yossi, just not questioning that it's going to be Kale. They get up there. I hear the words Kale McCall. My first reaction is instinctively, what? <laughs> no, dude, I had the same reaction. I was, okay. The girls know this. I was sitting in the movie theater watching Top Gun Maverick with my little sister. And I had my phone on do not disturb because I knew that if I like got the notifications, I would lose my mind. Um, and like in the middle of the movie, she leans over and tells me that Cider One called her. And I didn't like react to like, outlandishly because I was like, I knew it was coming and I was in a movie. And then she's like, Makar won Norris. I went, what? In the middle of Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I was trying so hard not to like make a scene. Best day ever. It was, I, I'm still in shock. But his Our speech day, was so cute. He gets up there and he's like, so how's everyone doing tonight? Okay. <laughs> and then he said, obviously, like 50 times. That was hilarious. It was adorable. He was so awkward. It was so cute. They Who's the Avs player? <laughs> Who's the Avs player whose family owns the suit shop or like the tailor? 
because that's where he got his suit i heard that's logan o'connor i think I that, know, that is, is really so really sweet and wholesome is- to me and it made me happy also you know what else made me happy i swear ali's definitely told me this and this has definitely been said on twitter but in my mind uh dylan larkin is tony stark and Bo cider is peter parker and I didn't tell you that, but that's Did my you favorite thing. No, you that's saw that something you would somewhere. say to me. That I might have just invented it in my brain, though. But maybe, maybe it was on Twitter. I'm not going to take credit, but I'm saying like it clicked in my brain last night. Compl- like, well, him coming for him, and it felt like him like, I mean, not like passing the torch, but I feel like a lot of things about the little. wings, like young core, kind of getting ushered in, feels a bit like passing the torch, and I just think it's like really sweet and awesome. I mean, to be. Like, I mean, like, you're so right. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter or if you came up with that in your head, but that's beautiful. I feel like in order for Dylan Larkin to be Tony Stark, he... No, you know what? It actually does match up perfectly because they're both tragic heroes in a way, aren't they? <laughs> I'm just that. glad that the awards went our way. I don't think there was a single bad pick. Like, they did the right decisions. After watching the Stanley Cup, it's hard not to think that McDavid deserved heart over Matthews, but I, obviously the voting is done before the Stanley Cup. So, Oh my gosh. I also just want to say that um, I think it's so funny that McDavid didn't show up at the awards because he's definitely funny. hiding after his cheating uh, scandal. He, he's so funny. He's absolutely well, he's on the driveway. He's on the driveway. He's, uh, he's sleeping on the heated driveway he's in the sauna he hasn't left it's been days <laughs> he no, locked himself in the sauna. Sauna. <laughs> it's it's been too he was actually so people i don't know how the person who like released the video knew that it was texas and i don't know how other people kind of pieced together that it was austin but i was in austin when that video came out so I was like, I'm going to find him. I'm looking for him. He's been in the sauna for a week. Someone needs to bring him food and water. But anyway, obviously, we're really excited about the NHL awards. Um, We'll probably scream about it more next week, but we have more important things to do. We're also really excited about this interview. So I'm sending you over to our second introduction of the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mitts and Chicks. It is still June which means we are continuing. Is this our last? No, we've got one more episode um, this June, but um, we are adding another episode into our little series talking about underrepresented folks in sports such as hockey. Um, Last week we talked to Sarah about being women in hockey and that was super fun. Uh, And this week we have a very lovely guest from Black Girl Hockey Club and we're super duper excited. So... Would you please introduce yourself? Tell us your name, where you're from, and maybe your favorite hockey team or your favorite hockey player. Okay, so my name is Pikea Bellis. Um, I'm from Windsor, Ontario, Canada, and my favorite hockey team is the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> Sorry, Ali's from Chicago. <laughs> I live in Chicago. But my dad is from Detroit, so I am a Red Wings fan. Oh, yeah. surrounded by Blackhawks fans all the time. I guess I just cannot escape. I will say they have the best goal song. I'll give them that. They do. That is true. Unfortunately, yeah, they do. My sister and I were walking yesterday and we each had um, an earbud in and I was letting her ox and she played it while we were walking. I was like, why, why, why are you like this? Why do you hate me? 
Well, I mean, Chelsea Dagger does not ever get old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Paikia, why don't we just start off by talking about uh, how did you get into hockey? Like, how long have you been playing and what position do you play and why? So just tell us your story, basically. Yeah, for sure. So I just remember watching the game when I was really young on the TV. And it was quite literally the only sport where I asked my parents to play it and they actually signed me up and went through with it. And I've been playing it for like the past 12 years all the way through until the end. And, you know, I've always, I was, I was a centerman at the beginning, but until I reached like peewee and bantam, I was kind of like put over to the left wing and right wing. And it was just kind of a position that stuck with me because a lot of coaches saw potential where I could actually set up more plays from the side as opposed to the center. And honestly, I've just stuck with left wing ever since then. That's so cool. I know I could never play hockey. I don't, I don't have any of the athletic ability that. Thank you. <laughs> Literally. I know I'm can't even skate without like using the guardrail whenever you go like ice skating and things <laughs> like that, which is kind of embarrassing that, Hockey is my Probably favorite sport. Talking about it, <laughs> not to play it. We just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So our opinions are just as valid, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite left winger in hockey? Chicago Blackhawks, Patrick Sharp. Fair enough. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good Patrick. I'm afraid yeah. I'll have to concede. I'll take that, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Every mom in the city of Chicago has a crush on Sharpie. He is really hot. I'm not he aged pretty well. I'll give I'll <laughs> give him that. He aged pretty well. well. Put together. <laughs> I actually have no idea what he looks like. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> the dreamiest okay. black hair, blue eyes guy you'll ever meet. Live oh reaction. God, he looks like McDreamy. He's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know like four separate people who have all been like. Oh, you like hockey? Did you know that Patrick Sharp used to be my neighbor? And I swear it's always, but maybe one of them was like Duncan Keith or something. I don't know. But it's like, I think it's always Patrick Sharp was someone's neighbor at some point. In Chicago. Are you serious? It's so strange. I, I don't know. I want to be that person. <laughs> I literally wish. Those four people. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, doesn't even matter. Um, do you have any like role models in the hockey world or any other favorite players? Well, apart from like Patrick Sharp. I'd also go with like Artemi Fanarin. Love that guy. And, yeah. Maybe. Cause like I just, I used to watch them on the screen. And like when I transferred over to like playing left wing and right wing, my dad was always kind of like, well, you know, look at a player and always look at that player. So you can kind of learn to grasp that position. And I guess it worked out well because I kind of find myself trying to do similarity things, similar things that they kind of do on the ice. And I kind of just stick with it. Nice. I remember when Panarin came to Chicago. <laughs> Any female hockey players? Female hockey players would definitely be Haley Wickenheiser. Um, she was kind of like the captain for Team Canada for the Olympics. And I met her one time in Calgary, actually. And just the way that she presented herself and just seemed so happy around all these female hockey players, knowing that they're there to, you know, success the future. It was just so great to be around her. And it was just such an honor meeting her. So cool. I love how all women's hockey players that 
I've seen like in the media, they always have such positive attitudes about getting more women right. into the game. And I just, I love the culture that they promote. It seems right. so positive. <laughs> they're always happy to like, I like how they kind of, they kind of go out of their way to meet different people, you know? They're not just, oh yeah, you know, I have kind of attention. They don't broaden that attention. They're always there for their community, you know? Sure. Now that we know a little bit about you, why don't we talk a bit about the Black Girl Hockey Club? And so what have you done with them? Uh, What does it mean to work with them? And can you tell us a little bit more about the organization and what they do? Of course. Okay. So... Working with Black Girl Hockey Club to me is like, it's it's actually so much fun and it means so much to me because um, the club's goal is to kind of try and make hockey inclusive to all Black female hockey players in all aspects where whether it's like kind of on the ice or off the ice or like in the workplace even. And like just even as a fan, you know? So I, I love the club because it also goes beyond its limit to kind of inspire and sustain the passion of the game um, that because like hockey especially for a lot of black players or just you know kind of black female hockey players it's it's a game that really struggles to show love for the black community you know and like another favorite thing about this club that i find is that there's kind of like the club shows infinite support um and it always continues to motivate the girls whether they were they were introduced to the club you know two years ago a year ago it's just they, they continue that motivation because they know it's a sport that girls love to do the most, you know, and the fact that the club brought together kind of like a large community and like a long awaited community where we can kind of feel comfortable now and we don't have to change ourselves. It's just really great to see that now, you know. That's incredible. That's incredible. I don't have m- many other words and just it's so moving to hear people's stories coming out of this club and we're just we're so grateful to get to talk to you and to hear your story and we're so grateful for the Black Girl Hockey Club for um, allowing us to meet you and so they're just a wonderful organization and I love seeing everything about them on social media and just the work that they do is incredible. Well thank you. Something that I find really interesting is that the club was founded um, by a few women who are primarily fans of hockey and not just hockey players, um, right? which is interesting from like coming from our perspective, we don't play. And sometimes it's difficult to know like how we can really support. And I think it's been really incredible to watch um, mm-hmm. um, the club, not only um, give out a ton of scholarships and like really um, build the support system for, um, for girls who are players, but also um, to, to try to, gain new fans and I, I see all the ticket giveaways that, that they do and um, some really incredible stuff. But I think right. it's awesome that um, anyone can be a part and anyone can support and right. anyone can donate their money and you know that it's going to a good cause and you know that it's, you know, making sure that anybody can get to explore the sport if they want to. Right. And it's just like, it's just unconditional love, whether you want to join the community or not, you know? That's so important. I feel like, like in a sport as, um, I don't know the word for it, but it's so populated by a specific kind of person. Right. Um, Having that unconditional kind of support system and that love coming at you is, Mm -hmm. I think, so important for anyone who does not fit that very kind of specific guideline that a lot of hockey fans and players do. I, I know I especially I have found that with Callie and Madeline. 
um, and a few of our other friends from the power players. So I think that's like so incredible and so important. There's definitely strength in numbers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really incredible to hear um, how great it's been that it really feels like a community because it is a community. Yes. Um, so you did mention to us before that you're a former scholarship recipient from the Black Girl Hockey Club. So we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the scholarship program and maybe how it's helped you out in life. Okay. Um, so the scholarship program, I say like over the past year and a half or as far as I can date back to, um, there's been five scholarship rounds given by the club. There was actually three in 2021, one in the winter of 2022. And then like kind of just recently there was a 2022 um, summer scholarship program and the club has like awarded a total amount of $46,000 to girls from all over the world. Name, a, name another continent. You'll find girls from Kenya, even like just the States and just all over, all over. And so these, the scholarship is basically to help cover any significant costs regarding the sport because hockey is not cheap, as we know. Sport, yeah. I know. So the club just really encourages all women of color that do play this work kind of to just apply for these scholarships because it's always kind of remarkable, you know, just seeing new faces and more successful women just come around. And for me, the scholarship kind of really helped because at the time that I won the scholarship, I actually really needed new skates. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of had my other ones for, I say like four years and they're just like worn out and just hurting my feet. So yeah, that, that scholarship kind of really helped me get new skates. And I also had to buy a new stick because I did break a few that season Mm. and yeah, just little things that, you know, kind of need in your hockey bag. So yeah, that check pretty much just went a long way. Yeah, that's great. I think like, cause you know, in addition to, like I said before, the sport being mainly Mm -hmm. played by, you know, certain kinds of people, I feel like what sucks so much about being a hockey fan is how inaccessible the sport is and you want everyone to love it and you want new people to play it and watch it. Mm -hmm. But, um, it is so hard to start playing because it's really expensive. My brother plays hockey and whenever he has like a new set of pads or new skates, it's insane. Oh my God. I know from a game and I'll be like, my sticks broken. We got to go get a new stick and he comes back and he's got a, you know, six or two, $300 or more. Um, so I think that like, not even, I think that just, that is, that is an incredible way to get, um, young women of color into the sport and, um, absolutely something that just makes me very happy as a person who wants the sport to grow. As it should though, because like, honestly, just the cost of it nowadays compared to what it was back then, like there's just, there's not too many retailers where you can honestly say like it's affordable nowadays. And then on top of just like the fees and the costs of actually playing the sport, it's hard for people because it, if it's something that they love and they're not able to play it due to the cost of the sport, it's just really heartbreaking, you know? I feel like scholarships too are just like very inherently mm-hmm. an incredible thing because it's tangible proof that there's someone who believes in you and like wants to see you succeed and wants to see you at your best and most confident um, and growing as a player. So um, right. I definitely think that's, that's probably a pretty cool feeling. That is so well said, Madeline. I love that. That's it. For people who want to apply for the scholarship, 
Do you know where they can go to apply or like what's the application process like? Okay, so whenever there's a scholarship round kind of announced on social media, um, anybody who would like to apply for the scholarship can always go to blackgirlhockey.com, their, their website, and they will, I believe there's a certain section under scholarships and you just click whatever season it is you're applying for and it'll give you a PDF file um, basically telling you to answer all these questions and why you should be considered for this scholarship. And then it'll also give you information on where to submit the scholarship page. And yeah, that's it. Easy also, to any of our to any of our listeners currently listening who are not women of color, like or just don't play hockey, they have a volunteer form on their website. Yes. Perfect. And also we will go fill that out. We will tag all of their socials and stuff um, as soon as the episode comes out. So um, if you're listening to this, it means you can probably head right on over to our Instagram and find a bunch of little tags that are going to take you to a bunch of important places. So, do that as well. Well, that's the perfect segue into our next question for you. And talking about the website, we are big fans of big advocates for the Get Uncomfortable Pledge. We've all taken it. We've encouraged others to take it. So it's not just us talking about it. Why don't you tell us a bit more about the Get Uncomfortable Pledge and what it means? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the Get Uncomfortable Pledge started off in October of 2020, and it serves a purpose to kind of encourage the hockey community to like create a welcoming space for all Black girls and all Black communities, as well as players and fans in the sport of hockey. Um, the pledge also employs and recruits BIPOC applicants to begin the process of diversifying hockey at all levels. And it also educates the hockey community on social justice and kind of like allyship with guidance from BIPOC leaders. So this also includes, you know, kind of racist, anti-racism experts, you know, different advocates, players and fans. And another notable thing about this pledge is that multiple organizations from the NHL, NWHL, OHL, and many more, many other leagues, hockey leagues, have kind of taken the pledge already. And these organizations have been appreciable to kind of address racism in hockey and just addressing racism as a whole. And two other points I'd like to kind of touch base on about this pledge is that it also supports the community-based organizations working to fight on discrimination and racism. And it also supports the effort to, you know, kind of like address police violence against black and brown communities. And the final thing I kind of want to get into is that this pledge when it, when it comes when it comes to like the focus with NHL clubs or kind of different hockey entities, this pledge kind of does the utmost to kind of di- diversify the coaching management and kind of like the business side of the sport. So it's not just you know hockey on the ice or off the ice. It's just hockey as its own world, you know. And honestly, kind of the best way to encourage others to take this pledge is kind of like just spreading the word to as many people as possible, especially because like, you know, nowadays is we're in a society where you can't really stay behind closed doors because, you know, lots of things get out easily and like opportunity is always present nowadays, you know? So to take kind of like the opportunity to share this pledge and kind of like unveil it to others, like the distinct values that this pledge holds to 
I'm sorry, like the distinct values that the pledge kind of holds to diversify hockey. It's, it's kind of like just essentially the greatest contribution that can be made. That's amazing. I love what this pledge has done and how widespread that it has become in hockey. And if you would like to take it, it is in our link tree and it's been in our link tree for a while. So hopefully everyone has seen it there, but if not, you can go to the blackgirlhockeyclub.org slash get uncomfortable to take the pledge. And we encourage everyone to do this. It's such a great way to just learn more about what the Black Girl Hockey Club does mm-hmm. and just prove that you really want to work towards making hockey a better place. So we encourage everyone to do it. Speaking of making hockey a better place, um, hopefully if you're listening to this, you know this. I, I would hope that uh, this June we've been focusing on um you know uh people who are not as you know represented in the sport of hockey as we've been saying i'm i'm not i keep tiptoeing around it but the fact is hockey is mainly controlled and played by straight white men i've been i've been saying it nicely but i'm not anymore (laughs) and um this june we've been trying to talk about um some people who maybe don't feel as loved by the sport that they do love. And as women, obviously that's very important to us. For me as a gay woman, it means a lot to me. Um, So for you, my question is, in your opinion, or if there was maybe like one thing you could do to make hockey overall more inclusive, um, what what do you think you would do or what program would you try to put together just anything that you think can help make hockey a more inclusive place um so yeah no just kind of just growing up playing the sport of hockey just for me it wasn't always easy you know because I was kind of just the only one when I played boys it was just me and my cousin and there was I remember there was one more person of color that played, but we were just never on the same team. But when I played, when I transitioned over the girls, it's quite literally only me. So it was kind of hard to, you know, like accept the fact that, you know, hockey wasn't diverse back then. And it just, it really wasn't inclusive. So I think that the best way to kind of make the sport more inclusive is by developing kind of an, an environment that kind of promotes inclusiveness from the very beginning. And kind of by that, I mean, like, treating everyone with the same degree of respect and, like, preventing preventing others, whether it's parents or athletes or anybody on the opposing team from using kind of, like, derogatory or insulting language on the ice because it's hockey's just a game. It's meant to be played for fun. So, you know, like, there's no need to get heated over, you know, race or skin color just because you're upset that something didn't go so well. And I also think that like forming relationships free of, you know, racial barriers and like keeping in mind that hockey is a sport and it's generally just kind of being played for fun. I think that's kind of like the greatest way to, you know, kind of make the sport more inclusive. I'm so glad you said that because (laughs) one of the big issues in hockey and sports at large that I'm most passionate about is locker room talk. It's something mm-hmm. that I can talk about for hours and like locker room culture. And it's like, people don't realize because, you know, I know several hockey players, they're all stupid boys and yeah. they, you know, 
in their minds it's just like it's good fun and like no one actually cares like you're not saying the word in a derogatory way so should it even matter like it does matter and you don't realize who you're hurting when you say those words and these insults can have a much larger effect on your friends than they let on um so I'm really glad you said that because that's something that I also feel really really strongly about if you see something say something especially if it wasn't directed towards you because we shouldn't have to have our friends defending themselves all the time it should be a conscious effort by everyone (laughs) great point if you're comfortable answering this question it's totally fine if not but um just talking about that made me wonder like how do um, I'm sure you saw everything about the Kadri situation with mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Bennington and the Blues. Mm-hmm. And if you're all right talking about it, like when you see things like that, what does that make you think? Like, how does it affect you? And like, do you have conversations with other people of color about it? And like, what are things that we can do? Or like, what are things you wish people would do to mm-hmm. like stop this behavior? And like, what, what what would you tell somebody making these threats? Well, I think like the very first instinct that comes along with me, just like, most people would be what is wrong with people you know like there's got to be a level of respect at the end of the day like the nhl is a business i'm sure nazim kadri had no really intentions on hurting jordan Bennington because like when you really look at the play he was just skating to the net and he lost an edge right it's it's a game there's a there's mutual respect that needs to go along the way you know it's i i don't think that an accident should be based on racism, you know, and just because he's, he's not, he's a minority does, it doesn't give people the right to just kind of come at him like that, you know? So like, I just personally, I believe that there needs to be a sense of common decency and mutual respect because at the end of the day, people are definitely, most people are definitely not going to continue to be at the level that Nazem Kadri is at already, you know? So honestly, people's people's remarks are pretty much irrelevant. Kind of given the fact that, you know, they're not playing NHL at the level that Nazem Kadri's at. But I also it just comes in terms of just respect and dignity and just common common decency. And it it kind of just goes with the way that people should be raised, you know? Absolutely. You're so well-spoken. I really Thank envy that. You. <laughs> You're uh, such an incredible speaker. And <laughs> I know that um, the idea for this episode and for this entire month of episodes talking about underrepresented topics stemmed mm-hmm. from the hate that Kaji received. And we just, it just watching that really got to us. Um, mm-hmm. I know there have been plenty of incidents in the past that got to us, but I feel like just the Kadri incident being a, a team that we are all kind of collectively rooting for at that point, really. Right. Just it's like, wow. Like, and hopefully we want to get in touch with the Black Crow Hockey Club. And then we got to meet you and we're mm-hmm. so, so grateful. And we just, we wanted to hopefully spread the word about just things that we can do to make hockey more inclusive and just try to prevent things from like that from happening again. It's just, it's so awful. And I really appreciate you guys for actually coming on here and kind of just speaking about it because it's it's something that tries to be kind of touched on behind closed doors, you know? It's never really put out there for people to actually take a hint and kind of, you know, grasp what's going on. 
for sure mm-hmm. for sure I think that's kind of been like over the bulk of the four episodes that we've done mm-hmm. about like underrepresented topics the main theme that has come from all of them has just kind of been to talk about it and that mm-hmm. like we're so afraid to have these open and honest conversations about these topics that they just get erased and right I'm so grateful that we have a platform where we can talk about these and hopefully at least get a couple people to listen and be inspired. I think we have one more question unless we think of any more. Um, But if you could give your younger self any piece of advice when you were starting hockey, before you started hockey, what would you tell your younger self? My younger self, do not let anybody push you down. Because growing up playing the sport, there was a lot of incidences where I, I couldn't relate to other people and other people kind of just didn't like me for who I was. And I couldn't really figure that out until my parents kind of gave me the hint, you know, and there was just I needed a lot of emotional support playing the game growing up. So just to tell my younger self, you know, do not do not fret in any way. Stay true to yourself don't let anybody affect you because it's going to come either playing in the sport or, you know, in reality, when you're working in your future career, you know, you just, you just gotta, gotta stand strong, you know? Awesome. Great answer. Thank you. It has been so, so lovely to meet you. And uh, I think that's an, it's interesting. Um, we were talking earlier about kind of the concept of like hockey to game. Um, mm-hmm. when we're talking about people saying really hateful things that, um, you know, obviously don't need to be said and then are horrible things. Um, but on like the flip side at the end of the day, like hockey's not just a game for people. This right. sport is like a, a life for a lot of people. And, um, obviously, um, that's just like our whole goal of doing this series and talking about it. Um, you know, hockey is a big part of our lives and we want it to be a big part of everyone's life. If that seems like something they'd be interested in. And that's what I find so incredible about the Blocker Hockey Club and about people like you who are super open and willing to come talk to us for 40 minutes, like three girls, you don't know, um, just for like the end goal of maybe making hockey a bigger part of someone's life or, um, making them feel like it can be their life. Um, and not just a sport for them, because obviously, um, as much as this is a game, um, it's also a community, as we've talked about. And, um, you know, this any team sport is like that. But um, especially hockey, I found, um, has this really like family rooted aspect. Um, so it's been so great to hear you um, say such incredible things and then kind of share your journey with us. And I really appreciate you guys having me today. It's actually been so much fun. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Who, who's your pick for the Stanley Cup? I have the Abs just because my dad's an Abs fan. Nice. So I feel like if I not like actually, I don't really want to see Tampa do a three-peat. Neither do I. Factor two. Do you know how much you have to hit like as a Red Wings fan? Do you know how like how bad the vibes have to be for a team? to make a Red Wings fan want the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Like, that's how bad the vibes are in Tampa. Honestly, I live, like, right across the border from Detroit. So, like, just downtown Detroit, you can kind of see, like, just the bars and everything. Like, it's just decked out and mostly just obscure. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was – actually, there's a bar downtown Detroit – 
Um, if you pay like five dollars for tacos or something, you get free rides to Detroit Tigers games. They'll like commute Ooh. stadium. And that wow. bar right now, it's just it's just it's mostly just go abs go because I don't think anybody yeah. really wants to see no one does. I will say so there are some Detroit people who their philosophy is, well, Steve Eiserman built these Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. So if they win again, that really just shows what he's going to do for us. Right. Like, it was the the back-to-back was I was like, okay, I can no longer pretend that the Tampa Bay Lightning's dubs mm-hmm. belong to the Detroit Red Wings. I can't pretend anymore. I have to leave this fantasy world. And I feel like Detroit's going to come a long way in, like, such little time. Yes, we have. Steve Eisenman is a legend. So I, if he legend. can do what he did with Tampa, he can do the exact same thing with Detroit, you know? So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go Avs. I think the Avs are all of our collective pick as well. <laughs> Very excited. I'm watching the game tonight um, from my house. Callie's going out, going out on the town tonight. I'll be watching the game from Ball Arena. So with my little pom-pom. And Callie, who's your favorite player on the Avs? Kale McCarr. Okay, Norris I Witter. Say that. <laughs> I love him. It's I our brand at this point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think we have anything else to say. So thank you so so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you to everyone for listening and hopefully getting involved. Reminder that everything will be on our socials, so feel free to take the pledge and uh, volunteer and all that beautiful stuff. And uh, we will see everyone next week. 